This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Tony Del Giorno is with us today. He has uh, joined Chris Richmond's and moving Pillsbury forward. What's your role in this organization, well, Mr. Good, Del Giorno? Good morning, Sam. Good morning. I morning. am one of the three board members of Moving Pillsbury Forward. Okay. Uh, got involved uh, back in early 2020 when uh, our uh, dear friend and fellow board member Polly Poskin calls me up and and only the way Polly can say, yeah. she says, Tony, do you happen to know of any attorneys with any nonprofit experience that <laughs> might be willing to help out? <laughs> Knowing that I have done you know, a handful sure. of nonprofits every year besides my uh, regular uh, practice, I said, well, Polly, if... Um, if I'd fit the bill, I'd be interested, and the rest is history. Yeah. So before here I am, up, you were there. Yeah, and I think I became lawyer number. We were counting it up. Lawyer number six out of what's now fifteen that's been involved in one way or 15 the other. Lawyers. Fifteen been lawyers involved in this. Yes, whether they be state uh, state's attorney or attorneys uh, for the former owners or attorneys at EPA or the attorney general's office. It's it's been quite a chorus of uh, legal folk. Walk me through. Did you have as a North Ender? Did you have a connection at all to Pillsbury? I actually didn't, uh, unfortunately, except for the fact that that my dad, uh, Chicago transplant Italian, uh, they sent him to the Pillsbury area um, neighborhood to sell insurance door to door back in the seventies. So so we actually got to know some of the uh, seriously. That's why he was assigned that neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. They did the demographic study, and they wanted yeah, they the knew Italian all the guy. Italians were on the north end, so that's okay. where they sent him to go door to door. Wow! So, yeah. And so he worked it door to door. Yep, selling or what kind life insurance? Western Southern back in the day. Wow! Yeah. So they had that down to a science. Take the Italian insurance guy yep. and put him in the north. Yeah, because he had no connection to anyone else in spring. He'd only lived here a year because <laughs> my mother uh, worked for Secretary of State, and how they met. Yeah. She had his driver's license suspended. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the one that had that picked up the phone that day when he called. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So there is some a little well not really nobody worked there in the Nobody worked anything. there, no. What do you remember about it? Uh I remember simply that it was always an anchor of that neighborhood. Yeah. Um oh, having sure. gone to Ursuline um especially i had friends in the surrounding neighborhood um you know and then uh you know i graduated from ursuline in 96 um and and by then it already been sold off and so everyone was already worried about what was going to happen um to everybody and 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 to that plant um and it was becoming uh, a bit of an eyesore even then in the mid 90s but did you somewhere before you got involved or even when you got involved could you believe where you folks are at right now in addressing that situation at Pillsbury? I mean, you have made incredible progress. What governmental units couldn't seem to get done, or whatever the case might be, whatever the problem, whoever uh, you folks have really stepped up and and filled the void and are creating at least a game plan that looks like it's achievable. Yes, um, I am stunned that we're where we are. Um, you know, from my, my prior uh, legal experience, I've worked with some rural water cooperatives. Mm-hmm. And I knew that a group of dedicated uh, individuals, when government says we can't do it, uh, if they work together and they work hard enough and they're loud enough, they can get something done. And so in my past practice, we helped get water to rural residents. And I think we're on the cusp of being able to take care of this uh, eyesore on the north end.
Do you ever allow yourself to think of a date, you personally, when you think this is gone down and it's a piece of land and then the next phase will come in? Do you ever well, allow yourself to do that? At the beginning of this, I thought we were crazy to try to put a date on it. Okay. Uh, right now, I think it would not be beyond the realm of possibility to see this done within a couple of years. Really? Yeah. So if this is 23, by the end of 25, you wouldn't be surprised that the, the structure is gone. Absolutely. Uh, are, are you amazed? And, and Chris, let's involve because you've been very, you are, of course, the person when it comes to moving Pillsbury forward, but you've also told her you have an interesting team. Uh, you kind of agree where Tony's at? You, you're hoping maybe by the end of 25 based on funds and grants and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that I think that's accurate. 24 months from now right um i i think i think we're right on pace what's the next key phase part of the puzzle to to fall into place um next key phase is to to put the state on uh, a commitment a financial commitment for the for the financial stack that we're building uh to get the 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 entire thing dealt with um we're working through the spring session we're working with our state house friends uh here in springfield uh, we're leveraging some some monies that we already have to uh, to help motivate them, and uh, then we'll see what comes of it. Chris, are there people on the site every day as we speak? Uh, I would say this time of year, not quite every day. Okay, uh, but any kind of good weather, certainly we've got uh, volunteers from the neighborhood, volunteers from around town, uh, come and take care of the grounds uh, and and make advances in in getting things accomplished. Is it safe enough that people can get inside almost at will where they want to be? Or are there some places that are pretty much off limits to even the people who are volunteering? Right. There are still plenty of places that are off limits. Um, upper levels uh, sure. at the site, uh, clearly lots of uh, leaky roofs and rotting floors. Uh, lots of traps. There are doors that open up that that uh, you know you can fall two or three stories. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's it's an unsafe place to be in the upper levels unless you're very familiar, unless you've got good lighting, unless you've worked in those kind of environments before. Um, from an insurance standpoint, we just can't allow. Uh, uh, I, I actually I had this before. Were there? Do you think there were people living there, homeless people using that as a, as a shelter? No, no. You really no, don't. It, it's it's clear to me that that there were folks that would come in uh, with backpacks and provisions and stay for a day or two at a time. Okay. While, while they were um, also bringing in tools to uh, steal copper from the site, uh, uh, you know, hand tools and wow. and battery operated tools and such. Um, but really, no evidence of long term habitation at the site. You know, no tents or, or encampments. Uh, anything like that how secure is the building now to prevent people from outside getting in are you satisfied to where it is as far as security you know i'm satisfied that that we've done everything we reasonably can do uh on the fence perimeter and securing the, the buildings with you know we've got some really nasty um stainless steel razor wire out there that we put in strategic places that we know were uh high frequency locations for sure. entrance at the site. Um, what we've done is uh, we've made it such that, you know, if you want to get into the Pillsbury site and the buildings and, and do your thr- thrill-seeking, as we know people do, uh, you, you know, you're going to have to jump an eight-foot fence. You're going you're gonna to have to climb that fence and get over, uh, and generally in a, in a couple of particular areas uh, that we keep a close eye on.
24 past the hour. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Tony Del Giorno and Chris Richmond moving Pillsbury forward. We're going to, after news and everything at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about the Doughboy because there has been even a more recent development since uh, what you read in the paper about who designed the Pillsbury Doughboy. Chris Richmond, you had an article, uh, some coverage about the Doughboy. Uh, summarize that and then tell me what's happened in the last 24 to 36 hours. Right. So we, you know, we put it out there a couple of days ago. We're, we're searching for the origin of the Doughboy. We've got a story from the employees here in Springfield that worked at the Pillsbury plant that say the Doughboy was born here by an artist that worked at the plant. Now, now we're trying to go for historic accuracy. We're trying to tease this out and figure it out. Of course, the Pillsbury Company story is uh, a little bit different than that. They've got a birth story for the Doughboy uh, from an ad agency in 1965 up in Chicago. Uh, but when you talk to local folks here, the story's a little bit different. Last couple of days, I've, I've, it's been active on social media. Uh, folks have reached out to me. I did an interview just last night with a brother and sister here in town. Uh, they're aware that their father was apparently the model for the dope. What? And his best <sighs> buddy apparently was the artist. So they, these guys, these two especially, worked at Pillsbury. That's that's their story. Well, you've got a picture of yep. them. They they sent me a picture of of these two guys and a couple of their other buddies from uh, the early 1950s. Uh, they were World War II vets. They had worked at Pillsbury. Went actually, their father went to work at Pillsbury at age 16, uh, scooping grain out of the out of the out of the grain cars that mm-hmm. would come in, and then he got drafted into World War II uh, when he turned 18. Uh, went to war for a couple of years. Came back. Got his job back at Pillsbury along with some of his other buddies, and they remain friends for life. One of the buddies was a sketch artist, uh, did comics, those sort of things. Again, this is their story, and used their father as sort of the uh, one of the characters in his uh, comic strips. Do they have evidence that there were caricatures or drawing or sketches around the plant of the Doughboy prior to '65? They have a sketchbook full of sketches from this artist in the late 40s and throughout oh the 1950s. <laughs> they are currently combing through to see if there's anything that resembles the Doughboy. I'm scheduled to meet with them uh, a little bit later this week. I'm excited to to see what they come up with. Clearly, they've got a, a fun story. Uh, I don't know that there's a smoking gun here. We don't actually have, you know, this guy's signature right. on a Doughboy. Um but they're they're searching through that, and of course, I'm I'm asking uh, the other employees that worked there at the time, or children of employees that worked in that 40s, 50s, 60s era, to try to help us out and substantiate these stories. There's a lot of substantial evidence here that's building, 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 but we don't, you know, we we don't have the Doughboy image with a signature and a date. Is on. there any evidence or story that says? The artist took the Doughboy and started, even though he's an employee, and started to move it up the corporate chain. Yes, that's that's the story I was told last night, is that the artist actually was a supervisor at the plant by the late 50s, early 60s. Right. He gave it to the plant manager. Wally Poos was the plant manager at the time, later went on to, to own uh, the Black Angus, I believe. Sure. And Wally moved it up the chain sent it up to corporate up in Minneapolis. Um, apparently, they they hung on to it. Uh, 
Uh, but the word came back from Minneapolis, hey, you're a, you're a salaried supervisor at, at the plant, so, you know, this is a Pillsbury-related thing. You're you're already on the payroll, so we don't need to pay for it. No, I didn't pay for the... That's, that's, the, that's the story we're hearing. Um, but they might have kept it. Uh, they they might have kept it and they, used it. That, and, again, that's the story we're hearing is that it moved its way up to corporate Minneapolis. The, the image, um, they may have kept it, and then they may have passed it on. You know, to the ad agency later on, but these are the you know there's there's no proof in these stories. Um, what we're really looking for is images that predate 1965 that are that are signed and dated. That, of course, that's what we would need uh, to really substantiate the story. I will say uh, one of the interviews I had this week, though, the uh, guy says, "Look, uh, he hadn't seen the picture, our image yet." He said, "Look, uh, this this guy Wilkie. He he made these images of the doughboy, and and he only had one thumb on the doughboy when he when he made him. That was kind of a, a revealing character." He goes, "When the uh, when the ad agency got it and came out, well, he had two thumbs and he had a blue outline, mm-hmm. and he was you know they sprinkled magic on it at sure. the ad agency and made it into the icon that it is, right? But the early images, one thumb." And by gosh, I I showed him the picture of the one we have, and I took a critical look at it. and went. Wow, he's got one thumb. That's crazy. So uh, there's <laughs> threads of yeah, right. of evidence here right. that just just keep coming coming out more light. More Every light. time we talk, I think more and more people know somebody or worked at Pillsbury or can add to a lot of things. How can they get a hold of you and share some information? And we'd rather have it as authentic as possible, so not he said, she said, or third or fourth removed. But yeah. as close to accuracy as they can, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. They can get a hold of us at movingpillsburyforward at gmail.com or visit us at our website, pillsburyproject.org. Uh, you optimistic as uh, Tony is? You guys are real optimistic about uh, two years from right now? Could be I am leveled. I am. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're building the financial stack. We're sure. making making all the communications that we need to. Uh, we've got a lot of momentum going with the project, and, and yeah, we're aimed at, at two years from now. Chris Richmond, Tony, bringing it down. I got bad news for you. There'll be other projects waiting for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you pull this off, and you pull this off the way you guys have done this, uh, there are going to be other people saying, wow, you guys know you have the framework now. You have the blueprint. You have the footprint. Let's move on to other things. Oh, I tell you, we we may be up for that, but I tell you, in two years, I'm going to need to take a break. I'm going to take one of those vacations with Tony to Italy <laughs> and uh, and in, enjoy the food as, as much as I know he did on his last visit. Guys, as always, thanks for coming in. Thanks so Thank much. Chris Richmond, Tony Del Giorno, moving Pillsbury forward. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.